Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's just quickly have a chat about my new book, which is coming. It's out June the 27th, and I would just adore you all if you could click pre-order now, because I promise you this book is even better than my others. The Science of Plant-Based Nutrition is for everyone. It's for people that eat meat and for people that don't. And it's going to help educate you all about the benefits of a plant-based diet. We cover things such as obviously the gut microbiome, the immune system. Should you be worried about plant milk, seed oils, anti-nutrients? Do you need to take omega-3 supplements? There are so many questions. And I basically think that the world of scientific research is just changing at a dizzying pace and myths and fads are proliferating everywhere. So with the science of plant-based nutrition, you can achieve a plant-packed diet that's right for you. This book is for children all the way up to adults. I hope that it will be in universities again, like the previous one and schools and libraries. And I've got the most amazing forwards and good praise for it from deliciously Ella, Joe Wicks, Fern Cotton and Tim Spector. So if you could head over to Amazon now, hit pre-order on the science of plant-based nutrition, I promise you won't regret it. Welcome back to season 17 of Food for Thought. It's incredible to be here. My name is Rhiannon Lambert. For everyone that doesn't know, the reason this podcast is so unique is that I myself am a registered nutritionist. So I have two nutritional science degrees, a master practitioner, further diplomas in different areas of nutrition. The Retrition Clinic I founded in 2016. And we have some amazing psychologists, dietitians, nutritionists in there to help you with your one-to-one advice. Not forgetting also, if you need any additional support to your diet, we have Retrition Plus, which is formulated for you with the latest scientific research out there. Now, we're here to bring you a fantastic series ahead full of tons of amazing guests. If you need any extra information, you can find Retrition across all social media platforms, even from TikTok to Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. And of course, you can head over to Amazon and leading bookshops and find any Rhiannon Lambert authored book out there from the science of nutrition to recipe books about pregnancy and of course my first baby back in 2017 renourish so let's get on to it enjoy season 17 of food for thought the challenges of the modern world can be incredibly difficult and with many of us continuing myself included to be too hard on ourselves this is literally me (laughs) believing that we should constantly be doing more as we always see others living these perfect lives online it just feels like it i don't know like we're not meeting 
expectations sometimes I think how are they doing it and I'm sure people sometimes look at me in that way as well and that's why I'm so happy that we've had this conversation today Anna not only is she a three times Sunday Times best-selling author offering incredible insights into anxiety self-esteem and the challenges of navigating motherhood Anna is a friend and she also helped me at a time when my mental health was suffering her most recent book Raising a Happier Mother was released earlier this year guys and it is just a fantastic guide on the importance of taking care of yourself in motherhood which is something that often gets overlooked and she's just got the most incredible way about her and I think her pragmatic go-to advice is basically why we should be prioritizing our well-being so without a doubt let's get on to this conversation it's going to help so many of you hello Anna hi good to be here. It's always overwhelming, isn't it, at the start of a podcast, because there's, you know, because we always do research before and we've known each other for so many years, you just think there's a whole depth of information that we want to cover in the set amount of time. Yeah, I'm excited. We just had a bit of a chat, haven't we? And I think this one could go. Yeah, deep. Go, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I'm I'm up for that. So, okay, let's start. Uh Um, On a personal level and on a level, I think, for everybody since COVID, life, everything going back, busy, busy, stress, stress, Mm. the overwhelm of everyday society. How as a psychotherapist do you navigate the pressure that people feel or perhaps we put on our own shoulders every day? What are your words of wisdom on how people can approach breaking that down? So I think there are two different kinds of stress, right? There's the kind of circumstantial stress that we can do nothing about, stress at work, things that happen outside of our control. Yeah. Might be a diagnosis in a family. Mm. You know, there's these things that just happen and there's nothing we can do to change that or control that. We just have to find a way to navigate it. So there's that kind of stress, you know, the pandemic. Um, and I think some people are still kind of just making sense of of life after it. So there's that kind of stress, the stress Mm. that happens to us, the circumstances. And then there's this other kind of stress. And this is the stress that we can do something about. And it's it's the created stress, right? It's the pressures that we put upon ourselves. It's the perfectionistic way that we approach things. It's that internal critic that mm. just is always going on at us. It it might be that desire to do everything brilliantly or to do everything. Yeah. It's kind of look beyond the limits of our own abilities and think, I'm I I've got this, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it all brilliantly. And we just pile so much onto ourselves. And that we can do something about. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't quite realise the weight that adds that's me basically every single day I'm one of those typical I'm sure a lot of people listening are the same I see something my team will know the word they call for me or they've tagged me as relentless because I see something and I've taken it in a obviously it's a positive angle to it but equally something I need to work on I see something I want to do it Mm. as in now and I think it's really difficult for people because there are so equally so many opportunities out there if you chase them yeah versus where do you draw the line yeah and it's it's knowing that you can't do it all mm. and that's not a failure of you yeah it's just a respect and an acknowledgement of your limits and that's the thing i think when it comes to this kind of stress and pressure that we put on ourselves is that we can see at so many points in our lives it's actually really benefited us yeah you know i was a perfectionist i used to work in advertising and 
it did well for me. I was really good at my job. But actually, what often happens then is that there's a behind the scenes cost. Yes, there is. Right. So we're doing really well. We're pushing, we're striving, we're seeing the gaps and we we know that we've got the skills to fill them. Mm. But actually, what we often don't see um, in other people is what's happening behind the scenes as a result because something's got to give and overwhelm and burnout happen when you keep pushing beyond Mm. the limits of your resources that little warning light that pops up and says i can't i can't do this and it's not that you can't do it because you actually can it's just that there's something inside of you that's saying i haven't got it in the tank Mm. and we just override it because i think that's what our culture our world, our work, our relationships applaud is the output mm. where we're living with the cost. And I, I wonder if this is something we're just not equipped to deal with because of how we've been brought up or the societal messages we have. You know, how do you learn as a child when to say no, when not to? And something in my early 30s that I've only just implemented is I'm a social hermit. I do not go out in the evening if I know, you know, I'm up all night with my kids anyway. Most of the time I'm knackered. So I think why put myself through Mm. that stress unless there is a huge gain or benefit to my business, Mm. to myself um, for enhancement, obviously a bit of socialization. But that's the only thing I've really managed to do. Everything else is still a work in progress. It's it's really difficult. What tools can we give our children? Because you write about raising happy mothers as well and... How do we teach children to have that sense of I am okay to say no sometimes? We need them to see us recognising and most importantly respecting our need for rest. Because mm. I think rest, and, and many of us will have seen this modelled in childhood, that rest is something you earn. Mm. Um, it's something you kind of collapse into at the end of the day. It's not something that we build into our lives as a respect of our humanness Mm. and we need to start doing that so in my family I will often say to the kids now I'll do it in a minute I'm just chilling I like that and I'll sit down and I'll let them see me and I and I'm making a really conscious effort at the moment not to spend that moment on the sofa scrolling Mm. because actually this is another area of created stress We do not realise what stress we are causing our nervous system when we rest on our phones. Because if you think, say, you know, many of us go to Instagram, don't we? We have a mindless scroll. We think we're just lying there, relaxing, sitting there, pausing. But in truth, what is happening in our bodies is our nervous system is heightened because we've learned that we don't know what's coming next as we scroll. We might see a funny meme or gif or whatever they are. Or, or, yeah. or we might see something traumatic that, that triggers and pokes That's something stressful. Oh my goodness. Or tips us into comparison. Oh. So I remember that um, it was a while ago, actually. I've got a Garmin watch and it tells you when you're in a state of rest, it tells you what your heart rate is. Actually, I bought that for my dad at Christmas. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. So I would say this mm-hmm. insight has changed my life, right? I remember looking at my watch having lain on the sofa for like 10, 15 minutes, thinking I was resting, faffing around on my phone. And I looked at my watch and it showed that I was in stress mode. And I thought, this is really interesting. So I got my Kindle Mm -hmm. and I read a book for like 10, 15 minutes and it showed rest. So when I'm talking about created stress, it's this acknowledgement that actually sometimes we feel we're resting or we feel we're being efficient 
when we're running around our own homes, do you ever catch yourself doing that or drying yourself after a shower so fast? What we're doing is we're telling our body, our nervous system that we're being chased, we're at threat. So we're creating stress for ourselves on top of all the circumstantial stress in our lives. And and I think that's why we're so frazzled. We are, and um, we're all doing it. We are. Mm. Um, and it does start to manifest in in other ways. And um, you know, mine, for instance, is shortness of breath. Yeah, it's been a year now, and I've not been able to get a full breath. Mm. And I've had lung X-rays, all sorts of things. I've all come back clear yeah. because now I know what you've just described. The th- big thing I need to work on. I'm sure lots of our listeners do. Is when I sit down is actually reading a book or switching off or taking a moment to ourselves. Why is it we feel compelled not to take time out for ourselves? What is that barrier that is there that it's Mm. so difficult to say no to the washing, no to the housework, no to the work emails? My team are calling me and I just need five minutes so I've just got in through the door just to have a cup of tea. Why do we say yes, yes, yes and not no? I think our identity is often so enmeshed with doing that when we stop, we pause or we're forced to because we're ill. Yeah. We have to grapple with that question, this massive question of who am I mm. when I'm doing nothing? What mm. good am I when I'm doing nothing? And I think for many of us, the response to that question is nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody when I'm doing nothing. I'm, I have no value when I'm not doing stuff being efficient when it's not all about output so it's yeah that question of who am I when I'm not doing anything that's really hard yeah because if when you you ask people and we do it in the clinic a lot we've got two psychologists in the clinic and um, they work a lot mainly with our eating disorder clients very different area of course that you'll know but when you ask people who are you the first thing they say is their job yeah and that's the description oh I'm a nutritionist Mm. who am I it's not Oh, I'm Rhiannon. Yeah. It's like we put this emphasis yeah. on the output, like you said, but because we've been brought up in that way, and for me, I know it's a coping mechanism. It's how I get through things is a drive to complete a task to give me the satisfaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's a good feeling. It's it a good. good. It's a good feeling, mm-hmm. but we can't can't live in that way. We don't feel we don't feel safe in ourselves. No, we don't, and I think. We are navigating still. I know people talk about these conversations on social media. It does terrify me as a mother. I know we've spoken about this on panel talks before, but raising children in a world today that has phones, because I didn't have a phone until I was a late teenager. You know, it's very... And they were only like Nokia, whatever. That's it, snake, snake. (laughs) I used to love snake. Me too. And that's what it used to be. And now it's like, pictures, validation on how you look. It's just caused a myriad of problems, but equally it's opened up opportunities for people to have their own businesses, which we can't deny. But the mental health impact is at crisis level, surely. I think social media, um, and I in some ways love it, but I do think it is one of the most destructive tools ever created. And it creates community and it creates people's, you know, the ability to see your experience reflected in other people, you know, to break down taboo, to make you aware that you're not alone in certain things. But on the other hand, it's it's really hard to have boundaries with social mm. media. And I think many of us recognise that we could benefit from boundaries around it. But 
and we can grapple with that and we can struggle with that because ultimately it's created to keep us there. So we're not failing and we're not weak. It's very strong and it's very powerful. And I actually deleted the app on Christmas Eve. Well done. In the morning. And I I was a different person because because of not being on there. I was more present. Yeah. People in my family were commenting how much more how more how relaxed I was and I actually felt real real anxiety and kept delaying it actually re-downloading it because I know how hard it is to be boundaried around that and you know what when we're tired when we're frazzled we can't it's so much harder to be strong in the boundaries so again we can find ourselves feeling quite weak to the things that we've set up in our minds that I'm not going to go on it this time or when the kids mm. are around, I'm going to put it in a drawer. And it's hard because it is. It's not because we're weak. Mm. When we're frazzled, it's so much harder to instill that kind of that discipline required. What I don't like about it now, and I read this um, yesterday in the news, is that there's a generation of parents that spend more time looking at their phones than looking in their children's eyes. And, you know, I hate that about my line of work. It's something I'm trying really hard. And after this conversation, it will be instilled in me further. It's like yeah. another, you know, ping, 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 yeah. must do this because it's not good for them. It is not, no matter what. It's not what good for them. Says. It's not good for us. It's not good for our parenting. No. Because, again, when we're, when we're just constantly feeling stressed and we've got that adrenaline, we've got those, you know, some of these feelings that we get, the hits that we get oh, of goodness. those validations, they're like good feelings. We, mm. we feel good as well. But actually what it's doing is it's it's frazzling us, it's exhausting us, it's so constant, you, it never ends. No. It's always going on. There's always going to be a DM, there's always going to be a notification there. So it's trying to regain some mastery. And I think there's this term in psychology and it's, about, it's called cognitive dissonance and it's mm. that feeling of when you know you're doing something that isn't aligning with your mm. values right I know I love my kids I know I want to yeah. be present with them but when I'm on my phone and I'm faffing about yeah. I'm feeling like a bit ugh because I'm conflicting what I'm doing is feeling stressed yeah it's, it's stressful and actually when your focus is being pulled there mm -hmm. you can then feel irritable and resentful yeah. when something else is happening around you that's pulling your focus away it doesn't mean you don't love your kids yeah. this is just how it works so if we can find ways to slow our lives down a little mm. bit, to know, just to really reaffirm what is actually important for us. Place those boundaries. Place those boundaries because you know what, at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. And that can really fuel anxiety. You know, we can be really fearful, yeah. but at the same time, what I, we can also really hold on to that, that knowledge and that awareness that Nothing is certain. Tomorrow, our lives could be turned upside down. We know how this can happen with a phone call or a, you know, a, something blows up at yeah. work or something yeah. happens. And I had one of those this morning. Did you? Before 7 a.m. Um, it's the worst way to start the day worse. for your children. And yeah. then you're full of regret that you weren't the best version of yourself. And the whole morning is distress. Yeah. And it ruins your entire morning. Mm. It's hard to pick yourself out of it. Yeah. And I yeah. think you're right. If we don't have, it's really solidified for me. And I knew having Anna on today was perfect timing. I thought enough is enough. I'm never enough. letting that happen enough ever again. Enough is enough. And you know what? I think everything in our world is wired to make us feel like it's the most important thing in that it moment. Is at that time. And if we can really hold on and inscribe it in our hearts, write it down, 
Mm. Put it on our screensaver. Put it wherever we need yeah, to be. Yeah. What is most important to me? I've got a little anchor tattooed on my wrist. Um, and it's really there as just a reminder to anchor myself mm. in what is important to me. And then if we can really like solidify that in our minds, then we can make sure that our boundaries are aligning with that. And there's an app called OneSec that I love and it interrupts whatever app you want it to do, right? By making you take a deep breath before Genius. you go onto it. So I put it on my Instagram and put it on my email. Yeah. So when you find yourself in moments normally where you're feeling something, do you ever recognize that you're like stressed? So you grab your phone, right? It's a way to check out for a moment to distract yourself. What it does, it pings up and it it makes you take a deep breath before allowing you to use that app. And then it says, do you really want to use this app? And often you think, no, I actually don't. No. But what it gives you is that opportunity to pause mm. that we tend not to give ourselves that mm. question of, do I actually want to do this right now? Is this actually the most important thing to me right now? And so often the answer is mm, no. Yeah. But for people listening, um, to get those skills in place, it's mm. really difficult. It's not something that can happen overnight. And I think obviously with your education and, and job, uh, what you do for a living, obviously these things make a lot of common sense. But for anyone listening to this, and this is like a huge wake up call, like, oh my goodness, I never thought of it this way before. It's great there's apps like that out there. But we discussed before we came on here, the way we deal with anxiety, the way we deal with threat or you know fight or flight. And I wanted to touch on rage especially as a woman, because I feel that women are meant to be viewed in society as calm. But it's like that thing in the Barbie movie. You're meant yeah. to be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. And it is unattainable. Oh. It is impossible to maintain a calm composure, be a businesswoman or a boss, um, speak to people in a way that needs to be firm, yet nice, yet you're kind, yes. yet you never get angry, yeah. and you always look presentable. I'm fed up with it. It's bollocks. It's absolute bollocks. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't, it's not compatible with being a human. No. It's not compatible. Do you know what? All that happens is we have the full spectrum of human emotion. Um, and all that happens, it, it gets repressed. Yes. We push it down. We say we have rules around feelings. That That's not a nice feeling. I shouldn't feel that. I shouldn't respond like that. I shouldn't. When actually you're just having a human response to circumstances. Yeah. That's, that's all. And the yeah. more we can honour that and find ways to have those feelings validated and to talk them through, the less likely they are going to come out sideways in mm. these messy often quite self-destructive or self-sabotaging ways that harm us. Which is what happens. And I know um, I'm sharing personal experiences so they might be useful for people that Anna first helped me identify I even had PTSD 16 months after I'd had my first son in lockdown. I didn't know the symptoms mm -hmm. that I was experiencing were obviously something more serious. I went to somebody near me, saw a therapist, got the diagnosis with my GP and my therapist of PTSD. I didn't know. And I didn't know that symptoms of having no space to share your feelings or no outlet can develop in bursts of rage because you just can't take it anymore. No, no. And at a snap of a hat, you'll suddenly just lose it. Yeah. And when you're in that moment, you can't pull, you just need space and you can't pull yourself out mm. of it. And I want to say as a woman, people would not think, oh, Rhiannon would get bursts of anger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because oh you, gosh, I do. I can't even imagine. But I do. because I have no outlet, that's mm. what happened to me during that time. And now I have a therapist. Thankfully, I'm able to identify what's happening and not feel so beat up about it. 
women are not meant to do that. Well, you know, newsflash, <laughs> it's how we work as humans. And, and I think sometimes we have to take a stand for ourselves against what culture says, because it's going to take a huge amount of time to move the dial, right? But what we can do is find ways to understand anger and rage in ourselves. Yes. And I remember this really pivotal moment. It was in one of the lockdowns and my husband was upstairs working because that's what he was oh, yeah, doing. They get to shut themselves mm-hmm. away, have he, peace and quiet. He had the peace and quiet. I was downstairs with the kids. hanging by a thread with the kids, uh-huh. cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. This feeling inside of me built up and it was so physical and it is because emotions are energy and when we're not respecting them we're not finding outlets they get pushed down and they build up and they build up and they build up and i was like a pressure cooker and i sent him a message right and i said you and you need to come swap out with me because i'm gonna explode yes and i could feel it I could yes feel it anyway he didn't see the message and i exploded yeah. and i I say screamed. It was like a roar. It was like this carnal, physical, like bent over roar. Mm -hmm. And he, the kids were then crying more than they already were. And I was in a state and he ran down with this laptop and he was on the phone. He was like, guys, I'm sorry, I've got to go. And I I felt this immense shame. Yeah. What have I done to my kids? Mm Mm-hmm. Like they've just seen me like They're now this. going to be traumatized with because me. of what I've done. Yeah, yeah, I'm not strong enough. I should mm-hmm. be able to cope with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not working in a hospital. I'm not, you know, someone I love isn't living, you know, on a yeah. knife edge right now. And I had so much acute shame and guilt. And I reflected on this because like many people, I think over the pandemic, people were feeling more rage and, and irritability. Yeah. And I thought there's got to be a way to to reframe this to myself in a way that is helpful and not so shaming because I think often what we do then is right right I've got to try harder you know so what we end up doing is putting more pressure on ourselves and I had this light bulb moment that I have shared over and over again and will continue to do so that it's perfect to, to share here is that rage is unmet need and unvalidated emotion what you said to me the yeah. first time I told you and when you see it like that when you're irritable, when you're rageful, mm. when these moments come, when you fall into a rageful mess, instead of beating yourself up, just yeah. think, what need? Look at me tearing I know, up. But that's but because this is compassion. This it is, is compassion because we have no outlet. Yeah. It's an unmet need yeah, yeah, for support yeah. that so many... I'm sure men feel it too. I always seem to get so emotional on this podcast. Mm. But it touches a nerve because it is the fact that we don't have a support system in place. And I feel like women, I'm going to raise this as a female issue more than a male one, but even though I know men also often don't have an outlet and they don't speak about their feelings, I'm not denying that or taking that away from Mm. any men that are listening. Women have, in most cases, a larger role to fulfil and balance and juggle every single day. Who gets the call from the school when the kids are sick? The mum, more often than not, they don't even bother to call the dad unless it's been specified on a form. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We're the containers for our children's emotions yeah. often. You know, yes. I, my um, one of my kids is autistic and he has lots of really avert meltdowns mm. and lots of big emotions that he doesn't really know what to do with. So what do I do? I'm his container. I try and be calm 
try. It's the hardest thing. Oh, the hardest thing I've yeah. ever done. I try and anchor myself so that he's having this wild storm and then he can find me the calm, still anchor, right? So I'm absorbing all of this emotion from him. And it yeah. is... It's it's often it is the mother we we tend to take mm. on more of that role yeah. of the container and the absorber of other people's emotions. So we've not only got our own, but we've got theirs, and this is all the more important a reason to find ways to live where your base level of stress isn't already that you're tightly wound and you're mm. done in and you're hanging by a thread. Yeah. Because if that's where you're living because you don't respect your limits, you find it hard to delegate, you find it hard to take the pressure off yourself, you find it hard to accept and expect your messy emotions, you find it hard just to lower the bar, to cut the corners, then when those moments arise, it's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back Mm. because you're already done. It's even for women that do not have children, it's the stresses that are placed upon them in the workplace. Mm. I know that you deal with a lot of that as well and the fact that you are expected, you actually absorb a lot of your colleagues' emotions. You're taking in everything every single day. And then around that time of month, we haven't even gone into the fact Oh, we gosh, have the hormones. The hormones. Yeah, and that, you know, that adds that adds an element of, of yeah. demand on our emotional resilience. Absolutely. I wake up when I'm hormonal and I can feel that everything is more stressful than it was and the day harder before. harder to deal with that day. Harder to deal with. So there are loads of things. I am so passionate about finding, instilling rest into my day. And I'm not mm. talking about even sitting down and closing my eyes, although that is an amazing thing to do. It's a real, if you can even just sit at your desk and put your hands over your eyes for 10 seconds, give yourself a little bit of sensory deprivation. If you can take a deep breath and drop your shoulders, you know, just... Because what you're doing in that mm. is you're just saying you're safe. You're safe. Yeah, not scrolling on your phone, not on the train, on the, on the tube, yeah. all the way. And as you do these things, it makes it easier to do them. A, because you see the value in them. You see, I even tell tell people, literally sit down, imagine you've got a phone charger coming out your bum and you're <laughs> plugging it into a wall. Because you pausing, yeah. you sitting down, you are adding something to yourself. We've got to let go of that guilt. Filling up that cup. Filling, you are literally adding something to yourself. You are recharging, even if it's 1% battery, you're giving yourself something. And we give ourselves away. You know, the world will rob us of ourselves, mm. of, of our attention, of our energy, our children will, our work will. But often we get to the end of the day and we've got nothing left. Yeah. You know, we give ourselves away. I love a food metaphor. We give ourselves away like wedges. We're a cake. We give we give ourselves oh, yeah, away in else. wedges. Wedges. Yeah. And then what are you left with? Crumbs. You're left with the crumbs of yourself. You have an anxious thought. You've got no energy. You've got no strength to rationalise it. You've got five minutes to yourself. You've got no energy, no strength to say, what do I actually need right now? Which is why we fill it with chores. Like for Which me, it's like, absolutely. Oh, I'll just go do the washing then or I'm I'll gonna get that I'm going to do something that done. makes me feel deserving of this time That's to pause. And then you have nothing. And then you've got nothing and all you're left with is crumbs of yourself. So even when you do have time to yourself, you don't even know what to do with it because it feels so alien. I don't know what to do with it. Mm. Um, it's hard. I was like you said. I was thinking about the analogy of, like you said, the charger in the bum. But on a train, yeah. if I'm, I have to listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. or I have to do emails, or I'm, I'm 
what, what do you call it? Putting out fires, left, right and centre. Yeah. I'm constantly putting out fires. There's so many elements that I'm constantly thinking about. I'm checking in with the kids' nursery app. You know, are they okay today at nursery? Did I remember their show and tell this morning? Then I'm checking in with the team and then I'm trying to check in with... It's just, mm. it's a multitude mm. of things. We do not know how to just sit and be... Hi guys, just a quick moment of your time to introduce to you all my new Retrition Plus Children's Vitamin D Drops. Now these are carefully crafted. You know, I've got children myself with your little ones in mind and the easy to use child-friendly drops are designed, of course, with a vegan vitamin D3 to support normal bones, muscles and teeth. These drops aren't just easy to take because, you know, I put them in a milk bottle or I can put them in water. They can take them as they are in their mouth, whatever's easiest for your child. But, you know, we make it an ultimate health hero for your children. We ensure that they're going to grow up strong and healthy. It's our top priority, let's be honest. And it's recommended by the government that children take vitamin D drops. If you guys want to find out more about Retrition Plus, head over to retritionplus.com and you can browse all of the products that we've created and find one that's right for you. My commitment and the team's commitment to health goes way beyond just providing quality supplements. I believe in transparency, sustainability and a responsible approach to well-being. So Retrition Plus is essentially like your partner, I suppose, in achieving a healthier and more balanced you. We are rooted in science. We are focused on you. Be sure if you want to sign up, of course, to our newsletter via the website and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Retrition Plus so you are up to date with the latest products and science-based information. What is burnout then? Because I feel like perhaps more of us are burned out than we realise. I think we're living, many of us are yeah. living in a state of chronic burnout. We mm. are constantly activated. Things are tipping us over the edge, left, right and centre. We're, we're, we're standing on a tightrope. You know, we're walking on this tightrope of I'm holding it all together. There's no margin for a rough night. There's no margin for a curveball. There's no margin for feeling slightly unwell or getting ill because there's no space for that. There's no time for oh, that. No, I can't be ill. <laughs> Do you know what? You I can't mean, be ill as a even, mother and a boss. <laughs> even as you were reeling out all of the things that you do on the train, and I get this, you know, I get it, I get it. I really, really get it. And I'm, I think through my own burnouts where I was utterly humbled like I had such an acute experience of burnout that I just couldn't function. How do you describe burnout for people? Is there a definition? So it's it's nervous system it's it's when you've been in fight or flight for too long basically it's when you've been in stress you can't wind down Mm. your heart rate's still going when you're sat on the sofa you know your your thoughts are are just going at 100 miles an hour signs you, you it's about knowing your own signs so a sign one of the signs for me that I know lots of people relate to it might be that I get a text from my mum or a friend nice someone I care about I look at that and I just think that's another thing to do oh that's another thing to do and as you were reading out all of that that list of things that you do on the train you know I would encourage you to ask yourself this question everything feels urgent everything feels like it needs to be done but ask yourself, do I need mm. to do that? What can I preserve and reserve of myself if I actually don't check in mm. with the nursery? If I actually don't check my emails until I get to the office? If I actually don't go on social media until the kids are at school? Yeah, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Because I, I think, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Things are actually far more okay without us than we think. And I think this is another way that we've learned to cope with life and 
fill our minds is to f- we feel like everything needs us this is where we get our identity mm. right again if i'm not needed who am i but this is why it's even scarier for the future generations because i feel like if we're able to have this conversation and we didn't have this problem in our early 20s mm. or teenage years this is what future generations are now facing the 24-hour culture of constant we're like the guinea pigs we are the guinea pigs we're the guinea pigs we're the ones where it all gets tested out on because we've had the experience without it we our parents have our parents the last generation that have experience of parenting without without the digital world yeah it was okay when i used to get into work at half eight nine and and go on my email then it was okay yeah and it was okay when I shut my laptop and I went home. It was it was okay, and I think we that have, used to happen. It used to happen, but we've gotten so used to feeling needed all the all time, time that it gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a sense of meaning. It's the 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 image I've got in my head when you said that is when people watch TV in the evening and they're sat on their phones at the same time and you're next to your partner or a friend and you're both, there's images of these kids and they sit there on their phones or on video games and they've got a film on in the background. There's but we're no- so lonely. We're so we're lonely. We're so lonely. We're so lonely. Yeah. We feel so unseen. Yes. We feel so disconnected from ourselves, yet we have never been so connected with so many people. But it's not hitting the spot. So bizarre. It's not hitting the spot. I um, I had some feelings one morning. I just felt low. I didn't feel right. And I, I do what I sometimes do is I list out feelings. So I sat in the car, right? And I was like, what am I feeling? Because I, I think sometimes that. we don't even know what we're feeling. We do that right? with our clients in the clinic. How are you feeling right now? What is obviously related to food most of the time, but how does that make you feel? Yeah, and I think we are so alien to tending to ourselves respecting ourselves checking in on ourselves that often when someone asks us that question when we ask ourselves we don't even know the answer right so I was listing feelings in the car and I was like am I hungry angry tired yeah overwhelmed lonely and I said the word lonely and it literally it hit me in the stomach and it made me want to cry and I thought oh my gosh but I've just been around loads of people and I've just been yeah. at the school gates and I've just been and I realised that I hadn't actually properly connected. connected with someone. So, yeah, we're sat there next to the people that we, in theory, love the most, value the most. So why are we still feeling so lonely? And my husband and I, you know, we've put some real things in place and we can do this. We can do this once we start really recognizing that dissonance that disconnect that we have in ourselves Mm. and we start thinking you know as you said at the beginning of this you're like enough is enough yeah we get to a point we say you know what i this is not serving me yeah and we have so we don't go on phones in the evening on the sofa yeah in fact sometimes we don't even turn the tv on because we've gotten into uh, we've gotten into crosswords Rhiannon. i'm have like you? i'm literally like 60 now i 70. love this uh-huh. maybe so that's what i should be doing crosswords. arrow words i used to love sudoku there we go get a sudoku at the albert hall when i used to do yeah. stewardship before all this mobile phone stuff i just maybe do you know I what i did on the train all yeah, the way here sudoku. i did i did an arrow word i did a crossword on the train all the way here and I thought I've got some work to do but I'm going to do it later you know that's really good for your brain it helps so, your um, brain health Dr Tara Swartz yes on a new scale and there just, we like, go new connections but if you do it with someone else it's also yeah. really fun because 
Yeah. You can, you've got far more likelihood and of actually that completing it. there's care homes of, of elderly... No, no, not that I'm comparing yeah. you to an elderly no, it's person, fine. you know what I mean, in my, care uh, homes. My they, preferences yeah. at the minute are quite elderly and no, I'm enjoying it. How beneficial... Why are we not trying to take the habits that people do to enhance their health as they age and trying to do it in a preventative way anyway? Yeah. Yeah, so doing something like this, just swapping your phone well for something done, you. on paper. Mm. But this has been a discipline, you know. It's me getting to that point of saying, I am, done. I'm not okay. I'm burnt out. I'm frazzled. Yes, I'm productive. Yes, my work life is great. Yes, on paper, so many things are good. But I don't feel okay. Yeah. I don't feel okay. I'm reacting left, right and centre. I'm not parenting in a way that I'm proud of. Is that why people describe themselves as anxious? Because they haven't allowed themselves sometimes to have the discussion we're just having. And you get to that point where the littlest thing, like having to leave the house, is such a huge moment because you're just so overwhelmed. Yeah, the small things just feel just feel too much. And when we look at it in that, in that way, it makes total and utter sense. But mm. when we start slowing down, even slowing down the way that we, the speed that we move, yeah. slowing down the speed that we speak all of these things they work to tell our bodies that we're safe because often we're just tearing around we're tearing through our own lives and we're missing it and some we're industries are just die. I mean obviously I was in the music industry before this and it was brutal to the sense where I think or I know, I know my, where my work ethic came from yeah. you know a lot of people always oh you've got such an amazing work ethic well I do because it was drummed into me that the only way you succeed is by giving 500% of yourself yeah. every single day and it works though it work. and this God, is the issue far. you get really far yeah. but what what is it costing you? What is it costing you? And breathing. I, it's costing you your breath, your l- yeah. very literal life force. Mm. It's costing you the fact that you are not even honouring your body with a full breath. Fern Cotton spoke about that with me last week and she um, she's very good at boundaries. And I, you, know, you see someone like that that's so established, has been on TV her whole life and you think, and she's realised the damage that it can do to your own personal health. I've gone so off the brief. (laughs) I'm like... We go where it's meant to go. We go where it's meant to go. Six months off drinking. Yeah. I wanted to touch on that because I've never been a big drinker, but I know from experience of my clients, it is so destructive. Can you share with me your experiences there and why you think this is beneficial for so many? Yeah, I think I... It was over the pandemic, my drinking crept up not in a way that I was at all concerned with because mm. it is so affirmed by our culture. I'd say, you know, I'd, if I ever brought it out with friends, oh, I should, I'm going to have some days off drinking. They'd be like, why? All of our clients, can I just say, yeah. well, not all, I'd say 90% of people I've ever seen over the last like eight, 10 years in clinic, all of them have a wine, glass of wine mm-hmm. is one of the first things that has mm. to be looked at yeah. on their nutrition. And I think when we're so stressed and everything feels so heightened, and we're so done in by the end of the day. It feels like a well done. Yeah, it was my thing. And honestly, if you'd ever told me that I'd go this long without drinking, I would have. I would have laughed. I would have. It was that one thing <laughs> yeah. that I would not be willing to let go of because I was doing. You know, I've been doing journaling and yoga, and I was doing cold plunges, and I was going on walks, and I was trying to do all of these things in my life to calm my nervous system. But down. you're adding a toxin every. But night. then at the end of the day. Mm. I was doing something that was actually a stressor on my body. And I think, mm-hmm. again, down to the biofeedback that I was getting from my watch, I was shocked yeah. that 
I thought I was chilling on the sofa, oh, no. winding down, but actually the reality was that my heart rate was raised, my body was in stress, and this continued hours yeah. into the night. Yeah, I try to explain it to clients. They think they have better sleep. This is the constant mm -hmm. thing I'm faced with in clinic. But what alcohol does, A, it's a depressant, but your body is fighting so hard to get that out of your system yeah. as soon as it can, but it disrupts everything. Yeah. I bet you notice a difference even in your skin. Ev everything. My life, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's it's changed every part of my life in, in, in different ways, but it's not an easy thing to get, to let go of. And... I actually was voice noting my my husband on the on the walk here over Waterloo Bridge because I had this um Oh lovely walk light this morning by it the way. It was beautiful. It really was nice. really yeah, nice. And it's not like minus 5 at the not moment. Not minus 5, not raining. <laughs> no. A few fence panels went down again last night in our house, but yeah, yeah. not raining. Still a better not better day than most. <laughs> absolutely. And I was saying to him, you know, I was saying it's really hard to feel. Mm. And I think what alcohol does for many of us and what we you know, I love the taste of red wine but really what I wanted was that feeling of not feeling mm. how I was feeling Numb. yeah I wanted that depressant feel not mm. as in depressing I wanted to depress that Forget. part of me I wanted to soften it I wanted that haze that came after a nice glass of wine and I, I remember seeing years ago a quote that said you know the hardest thing about not drinking is feeling the best thing about not drinking is feeling like it's hard to feel. It is hard to feel. Because some of the feelings that we have, they're not comfortable. They're painful. But they all pass. They pass and they they move through us when we allow ourselves to feel them. And I think often in scrolling does this and zoning out to TV does this and drinking does this and whatever other vices people have. Not feeling. It, it just gives us a, a bit of respite from feeling. And that, I think, is what... We crave. And if we can build into our lives ways to acknowledge, process, validate, not even, we don't even have to kind of analyze emotion. Mm. We just have to acknowledge it. And we can wind down into that restful state. We will get there. It takes a little bit longer, but it is proper. It's proper rest. And that yeah. is what we need. And Which it, we're not getting. We're not getting. And I think... There is so many ways to not feel. There are so many ways to sidestep stress. I think stress. the scrolling for people is a big thing. And it's I know no, I was it's an addicted an to seeking out negative news. I had an actual problem where I was donating to charities. I became a thing with my therapist. I would see bad news and almost be drawn to then have to click on the article, to, even though it would make me cry. I would make myself cry reading a horror story about a war a horror story about animals being abandoned. I was addicted, and this is only a few months ago, to making myself feel sad. And it's really hard to understand why, but it's because I obviously wanted to ignore my own feelings. Yeah, yeah, we do that. And we have a bias for like negativity. Mm. And I think to get used to feeling rested, mm. to get used to feeling calm, to get used to feeling just some headspace because actually that's alien to so many how of do us. you start that then anna because mm. lauren some questions from our listeners she's actually asked how do i begin reprogramming some of the negative truths i've learned about myself and that basically means how do i get used to my feelings yeah start just start acknowledging them 
Just uh-huh. start naming them. Should she write them down? Write them down. It's a great way of externally processing. So when we see things in black and white, often we get a, we get a whole different perspective on it. But just even start recognizing some of the narratives that you have around yourself. My uh, my kids are doing you know maths homework that I struggle with. I'm dreading. I struggle with this maths homework, and I've always had this narrative. I'm terrible at maths. I'm awful at maths. When you know, I've always had this narrative that I'm terrible at sport, but I'm really good at music. But I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. And actually, you know, sometimes just asking yourself, "Am I actually? Am I terrible? (laughs) Yes, I do really struggle with maths. I've I've concluded that 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 is true, but. So so I actually say to him, you know what, That's, my brain is not wired in that way and I'm going to Google this um, because I accept that that is wow, not a strength Google of mine. Google these days as well. Well, I know. Well, let, let's, wow. I mean, that's a whole other topic about how we don't even listen to our gut anymore. We don't respect it because we Google it away. That's you know, amazing. we always, we've lost, we've lost the beauty of boredom. We need boredom. We don't know how to connect with ourselves. We don't know how all. to connect with ourselves. We don't ask ourselves anything first. We ask other people, we ask social media, how should I feel about this? What should I do? I wanted to put up fairy lights before Christmas, really before Christmas. I'm talking like November, right? I did it right? early. Yeah. Did you? Because oh, I was just down. I needed yeah. some light. But I remember asking loads of friends, oh, I want to put up fairy lights. And they're like, oh, it's a bit early or, oh, you should do it. And I was asking everyone around me, should I, I put up some sodding fairy lights? Yeah, why is it so should I? And I just thought, wait a minute. Why don't I just do it? Why don't I just do it? I know what I want or yeah. I know what I feel in this situation or we get I've worked with so many mums you know who are like mm. I want to stop breastfeeding but you know it's what would you do if no one knew what would you do if you mm. hadn't looked outside of yourself for the answer what would you do if you just looked inside and you thought what's right what's right so when it comes to you know when it comes to a listener saying how do I try and challenge these thoughts it's just start noticing what they are Start questioning, where has this come from, this narrative? Mm. Like, is this even me or was it a teacher? Was it a, a parent? Was it... You, know, what, you don't need to have it? professional help for that because no. that's what um, that's what Chris said. Do I need professional help? When should I? When do I know I need professional help? You can just start noticing it yourself. Start noticing it yourself. Start... And, and I love this. You know, we are not our thoughts. I am not my thoughts. Thank God, because my thoughts are sometimes really horrible. And when I'm hormonal, they are worse. I am grateful that I am not my thoughts. But then raises the question of if I'm not my thoughts, who am I? I'm the one observing the thoughts. I'm the one behind them that has that opportunity to say, to question them, to bring in another narrative. And this is another massive way to address anxiety and, and overwhelm and burnout is to think, how much pressure are you putting on yourself in that critical, horrible, bullying way mm. that you talk to yourself? Would you speak to someone you love? No, but it's bullying. It's bullying. It's bullying. It's it's often abusive, actually, with so many people. And when I think about my own internal dialogue, mm. it has changed dramatically over the years. Absolutely. And with that change in internal dialogue, my life and my mental health have been transformed. Right. right? Because I'm no longer bullying myself. Often, we may have been bullied. I've been bullied before. But we continue bullying ourselves. Mm. So when you ask, you know, for your listener here to ask herself that question, this dialogue, it's not me. 
where has this come from? What might I say in response? What might, how can I introduce a more compassionate internal dialogue, even if it feels alien, uncomfortable and ridiculous? If I drop something, right, I'm really clumsy. And I say, stupid, and you're so stupid. Yeah. You know, that's my first thought. Okay, yeah. I can leave it like that. I can hack away at my self-esteem and my confidence with that. Or I can say, oh dear, these things happen. Like we do with our children. I like go, we do with our never exactly. mind. Why we, don't we do that to ourselves? Well, we need to. We need to. And it has to be very conscious. And it's a bit exhausting, which is why, again, trying to slow down in life, trying to insert little wedges and moments of rest so that we can actually do this. Because otherwise, we will always be thinking yeah. reflexively and on impulse. Yeah. So just challenge them. Bring in a more a kind of dialogue and what you find is like with any muscle that over time it becomes more dominant and my internal responses are so much kinder now for that yeah. reason yeah I'm going to take a question away from my listener questions because it does kind of repeat what Hannah had asked anyway I want to ask the language you use around your children mm. I feel like um it's overwhelming on social media now. There's a lot of talk and different things. Or you should say this to your children. Never say this. Um, teach them about, oh, the effort they put in is better than them being good or well done or how you praise them. It is so overwhelming, yeah. gentle parenting, that even I end up questioning. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything. Yeah. I just want to be the best mum, which everybody does for their children possible. I want my boys to grow up with respect for women, um, an understanding of the world, yet being able to share their emotions as a man. How on earth do you navigate this crazy online world mm. as a parent? Mm. Like all this messaging. What comes out of us is what is what goes into us. And I think even if we, if my daughter drops something, right? Um, I remember she dropped like a whole thing of milk all over the carpet. And you know what that's like, you know, okay. if you don't sort that out in a week, it's going to smell like cheese in your well, living room. Well, also the colour. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, and the hard yeah. pack. I mean, our, our carpet's done for now. There is, yeah, I've just got even this play notice. rug that I know we're just going to bim when that. I <laughs> tell myself. It's, gonna, it's like a biohazard. It's going <laughs> to have to get yeah, burned. It's going to go. But if I say to her, oh, it's okay, don't worry. But inside, I'm like, uh, oh, my uh, gosh, this is so annoying. Or... Mm -hmm. Or I know that I would shout at myself for that. She is gonna, she's gonna hear. It's fine, don't worry. But she's gonna feel my tension. She's gonna feel my stress, right? So when I say what comes out of us is what we put into ourselves. What I mean is, if we, it's it's impossible as gentle parent, really, truly. And if you're not telling me it's, that. It's, if, oh. if you've had 12 hours or however many hours we're meant to have at the moment, they say sleep. If you're 100% healthy, if you are nurturing yourself, no parent caring for yourself. No bloody hours of sleep. You have Even like five as a person uh, night. Yeah, but you, oh. it's impossible. It's impossible. It the best that we can do is learn to gently parent ourselves. Yeah. Oh. yeah? So the kinder you are to yourself, the more accepting you are of your failures, the more compassionate you are when you miss the bar. You know, the more realistic you are with how you feel, what you need, that's what's gonna come out of you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes I had an awful week. Last, last Wednesday was a, one of my real parenting lows in 10 years of parenting, a real rock bottom, horrendous low, horrendous. Mm -hmm. It was awful. I could have beaten myself up for months on that on that I I lost it I lost it badly yeah but 
I asked myself from that moment of rage, I thought, what do I feel? What do I need? I realized that I, you know, there were some things that I needed, some things that I could do for myself, some tools perhaps that I could mm. seek. But what came out of me was a result of what I hadn't been putting into yeah. me. And the most important thing that we can do is to recognize that our children do not need a perfect parent. It will not prepare no, them for by this. telling them yeah. what I do a lot is, oh, we're running late. And then I saw a meme on Instagram. It's like, never tell your parent they're going to be anxious kids because you're constantly telling them they're running late. I was like, oh, shh. I don't want to oh, say yeah. Oh, shit. There's always. But do you know what? If if <laughs> if you find that just sometimes we need to put That's the blinkers on and not follow so many parenting yep. accounts and just think, you know what? I need to I need to find ways to resource myself mm. because it is our life, too. It is. It's our life too. It's our experience of life too. And we deserve to find ways to be calm and content because this is our one shot. This is our life. Exactly. It's not all about everyone else. If we can anchor ourselves, we'll be more anchored for other people as a result. I mean, I think that's a perfect way to go into the fact or fiction round because that was almost like an amazing food for thought. But it's impossible to answer fact or fiction to things like this. But we're going to give it a go. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so just to get your stress yeah. mode and get your cortisol. Okay, <laughs> sorry, is there? Is there? <laughs> okay, there is such a thing as the perfect life. Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Self care is often misconstrued as a luxury rather than a necessity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Balancing work, downtime, and personal life is a struggle for many people. Yeah, but always worth seeking balance, even though we know we're never going to get it. I love that. Because it, it keeps us reassessing That's things. That's a me, Anna. Always, yeah, I should, that's a quote. You should write Instagram. that on your Instagram. It's always worth seeking balance because it constantly has us reassessing things and maybe making tweaks. We know we're never going to get it. No. Nope. Don't have it as this great panacea. You might spend a second there where everything is in line. You're like, oh worth my gosh, trying. this is amazing. And then it goes off kilter. Mm-hmm. So don't tie your identity to it. Mm-hmm. Don't tie your success to it, mm-hmm. but seek it. I love that. Mindfulness is a valuable tool in managing stress. Yeah. Great. We should limit our social media usage Mm -hmm. if we're experiencing an advocate of self-esteem. Yes. There's no one-size-fits-all approach to managing our mental health. Yeah, absolutely. We're all different. Oh, this is perfect. Rest is often overestimated for its role in mental well-being. Oh, yes. We need it. We need it. Anxiety is always a sign of a mental health disorder. Mm, No, it's it's, it's actually just a part of being alive being anxious because we're just always we're wired to be aware of risk we're wired to be aware of potential yeah but it yeah it 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 becomes a bit all consuming mental health struggles are always visible no absolutely not um meditation is the only effective way to practice mindfulness no thank goodness Mm -hmm. um overcoming mental health challenges means never experiencing setbacks Oh no, we always, we always do. We always, we always, we grow as we go. We're back and forth and up and down. And that's, again, that's just a huge part of being human. There were so many light bulb moments in that fiction. <laughs> in fact, in this whole episode, and we're going to finish with food for thoughts, I feel like we've had so many, but what's really resonated with me is rest is crucial again. But I love that phrase. I want to say that again, that strive for balance, knowing you're not going to get it. Because yeah. for me... Like yesterday, I was having this amazing work day. Everything was going right. And I knew, and it's not that I'm being pessimistic, but I knew something was going to go wrong. Mm. Because from my experience working in the industry I'm in, 
that moment never lasts. Yeah. But I'm, I don't know if it's in the music industry. I know you get a good followed by a bad because that's the way yeah, life is. And sure is. enough, we it had is. this really stressful yeah. thing this morning. But acknowledging that makes it almost bearable and okay. But does that come with age or does that just come with what we've mentioned in this podcast? I yeah. think that's my take home thought. And I think I'd like you, Anna, to kind of clarify that and leave our listeners with a, a kind of message, a food for thought. I think it can really come with age, but I find it really sad if we're willing to wait mm. to that point. I want to encourage people to find ways to find that acceptance now, to yeah. find ways to find ease and rest now, not just when you're retired down the line. Find ways to address your anxiety mm. now, not just when it's eating you up so much that you, you get to that point where you're like, no more. Don't do what I've done and make yourself not breathe for a year. You Please know, breathe. Gotta, yeah, no, I know, where my, I know where I need to work mm. on, which is the good thing, but it, you do you feel trapped sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are always just little things start small. And the Bo Taplin um, quote, you know, if you if you ever think that small things don't make a difference, then you've never seen a match start a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Start small. They The small things that you do, the moving, the slowing, you know, th- these things, the breathing, these things, they add up. They mm-hmm. change your life. We have to be patient. We have to be consistent. Even if we don't feel like doing it, push through that feeling. It's just a feeling. And know what is right and what is good for you. Anna, as always, wow, thank you. I'm sure everybody listening is going, yes, yes, yes. Wow, I'm going to take that all in. Where can everybody go? Obviously, you've got some fantastic books and resources online as well. Where can people go? To yeah, just go, just go to my Instagram at Anna Martha, and that's where everything everything is there. Lots of little light bulb moments for people to absorb and ponder. And my books um, got ones on anxiety and self worth, and then my recent ones called Raising a Happier Mother, which is all just about fact that we deserve to find ways to thrive yeah we're always focusing on and the toolkit one that you've got where it's you know you laid it out really simply which one was that like yeah a manual? yeah the little book of new mum that was a that. little book of new mum feelings which basically mm. just is like 50 emotions and yeah. it's a little like That's compassion right. focused practical because you don't insight. have time sometimes mm. to go into the, yeah. that yeah just laid flick out. to the feeling so well um anna thank you for coming on thank Facebook. you for having me thank you so much it's been a pleasure and a privilege right that's it if you're enjoying food for thought you will love what we have coming up in future episodes i have no doubt so if you're not already you just have to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so this means you get a little notification bell i wish i'd known about it earlier there is a lot of misinformation out there and i really hope that we're continuing to bring you the latest research along with our special guests to ensure that you're just getting the best experience possible so if you are enjoying our episodes and you're learning lots then please do leave us a review or get in touch this will help enormously and ultimately help us reach more people and make sure we're doing the right thing by you and giving you the right information so if you want to learn more about the best-selling books the clinic perhaps you need to book in to see one of our fantastic clinicians or to find out more about retrition plus you can find everything you need to know on retrition.com and you can follow of course me on retrition on all social media platforms yes i'm even on tiktok now guys so you can head over there and check it out ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 